Chapter sixty four of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. Chapter sixty four. George and Leopold. George went again to Leopold's room and sat down by him. The youth lay with his eyes half closed and a smile a faint sad one flickered over his face he was asleep from infancy he had slept with his eyes open emmeline he murmured in the tone of one who entreats forgiveness strange infatuation said george to himself even his dreams are mad good god there can't be anything in it can there i began to feel as if i were not quite safe myself mad doctors go mad themselves they say i wonder what sort of floating spirule carries the infection reaching the brain by the nose i fancy or perhaps there is latent madness in us all requiring only the presence of another madness to set it free leopold was awake and looking at him is it a very bad way of dying he asked what is old boy hanging yes very bad uh, choking you know answered george who wanted to make the worst of it i thought the neck was broken and all was over returned leopold with a slight tremor in his voice yes that's how it ought to be but it fails so often at least there's no more hanging in public and that's a comfort said leopold what a queer thing said george to himself that a man should be ready to hang for an idea why should he not do his best to enjoy what is left of the sunlight seeing as their own prophet says the night cometh when no man can work a few more whiffs of his cigar before it goes out would hurt no one it is one thing to hang a murderer and quite another to hang yourself if you happen to be the man but he's stark raving mad and must be humoured dance upon nothing for an idea well it's not without plenty of parallels in history i wonder whether his one idea would give way now if it were brought to the actual test of hanging it is a pity it couldn't be tried just for the experiment's sake but a straight waistcoat would be better leopold's acquaintance with george had been but small and of his favourite theories he knew nothing but he had always known that he was not merely his sister's cousin but the trusted friend both of her and of her aunt and since he had come to know of his frequent visits he had begun to believe him more to helen than a friend hence the moment he had made up his mind to confess he was ready to trust george entirely and although he was disappointed to find him receive his communications in a spirit so different from that of wingfold and his friend he felt no motion of distrust on that account seeing helen who had been to him true as steel took the same view of his resolution what would you do yourself then george if you had committed a crime like mine he asked after lying silent for a moment none of george's theories had greatly taxed his imagination he had not been in any habit of fancying himself in this or that situation and when he did it was always in some pleasant one of victory or recognition possible conditions of humanity other than pleasant he had been content to regard from the outside 
and to come to logical conclusions concerning without as a german would say thinking himself into them at all and it would have been to do the very idea of george bascombe a wrong to imagine him entangled in any such net of glowing wire as a crime against society therefore although for most questions george had always an answer ready for this one he had none at hand and required a moment and but a moment to think i would say to myself he replied what is done is done and is beyond my power to alter or help and so i would be a man and bear it not a weakling and let it crush me no by jove it shouldn't crush me ah but you haven't tried the weight of it george returned leopold god forbid said george god forbid indeed rejoined leopold but there tis done for all his forbidding what's done is done god or devil and must be born i say said bascombe stretching out his legs he was aware it sounded heartless but how could he help it what else was there to be said but if you can't bear it if it is driving you mad 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 if you must do something or kill yourself cried leopold you haven't done your best at trying yet returned george but you are ill and not very able to try i dare say and so we can't help it on monday we shall go to mr hooker and see what he says to it he rose and went to get a book from the library on the stair he met the butler mr wingfold had called to see mr lingard he can't see him to-day he is too much exhausted said bascombe and the curate left the house thoughtful and sorry feeling as if a vulture had settled by the side of the youth a good-natured vulture no doubt but not the less bent on picking out the eyes of his mind he walked away along the street towards the church with down-bent head seeing no one he entered the churchyard not looking whither he went a lovely soul was in pain and peril and he could not get near to help it they were giving it choke-damp to breathe instead of mountain air they were washing its sores with anodynes instead of laying them open with the knife of honesty that they might be cleansed and healed he found himself stumbling among the level gravestones and stopped and sat down he sat a while seeming to think of nothing his eyes resting on a little tuft of moss that shone like green gold in the sunlight on the shoulder of an awkward little cherub's wing ere long he found himself thinking how not the soul of leopold but that of helen was in chief danger poor leopold had the serpent of his crime to sting him alive but helen had the vampire of an imperfect love to fan her asleep with the airs of a false devotion it was helen he had to be anxious about more than leopold he rose and walked back to the house can i see miss lingard he asked it was a maid who opened the door this time she showed him into the library and went to inquire End of chapter sixty four